Hello and welcome to Game on Girls November live hangout. I'm your host Regina McMenemy, and I am here with Rhonda, Mark, and Ryan. Hi guys. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello everybody. And as always, I'm so delighted that we get a chance to hang out and chat with all y'all. Uh, so welcome. Uh, it's our fall hangout. We're going to talk a little bit about fall TV shows and some new games that are out, and Rhonda's going to give a report about a con that she was just at. Yeah, I just left it. Okay. <laughs> moments ago. We'll say moments yes, ago. I couldn't decide whether just to stay there and, and do it from there or to come on home, but it, three days is even um, since it's been a while since I've done a con. Um, forget how tiring it is. Yeah. <laughs> Even for a small con, so. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I don't know. Just my resilience is is <laughs> fading. But some of my favorite cons are going to four-day formats, and I'm finding that I peter out at the end of day two and can mm -hmm. usually do about half a day on day three, and that's about how much I can take, regardless of how big the con is. I just can't take that much humanity. Yeah. Although Geek Girl Con is too short. I agree, but it's only two days, so yeah. I gotta extend that puppy. Are you guys what? seeing that when Rhonda talks, her screen goes blank? Uh, see, I just see her icon. You just see her icon? Because <coughs> I, I see her down here, like in the bottom. Hello. Oh, now you're there. You there? Okay. Okay. Well, well can you guys see the? I have troubleshooting. You guys, can you guys see the group chat where I'm typing? No? Um, normally I can. I just don't have oh, there it is. Right now. Okay, yeah, I can. Just there double we go. checking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, North Carolina Comic Con was this weekend, and it was three days. Um, it is um, hosted and organized by Ultimate Comics, which is my comic book store here in um, Cary and in Durham. They have two locations. Uh, really nice guys that run that comic book store. And this is the fourth annual um, Durham Comic Con. Um, I, it's the first time I've been because I'm new to the area. Um, and they had they had quite a crowd. It was very it was very packed, and they had a lot of good artists come in. Of course, it's focused on uh, comic books. They had a few panels. Um, they're I believe they're. Um, uh, guest of honor was Tommy Lee Edwards and the big name comic book artist was um, Charlie Adler who does The Walking Dead. Nice. Yeah and um, my fan moment came from uh, Cliff Chang who did um, the new 52 Wonder Woman oh. cool. um, who I believe uh, has done the best Wonder Woman uh, concept art. Um, who's really, really brought her out in um, the best way in in, in several decades. Um, she's strong. She's powerful. She's um, she holds all of those characteristics that we like the most about Wonder Woman. Um, and he's also got a new comic out, which I didn't even realize, um, called Paper Girls. And it's put out by Image, 
And it's a period piece. Um, it's really funny to say that the um, the 80s or 90s are a period piece. But a lot of shows are doing that. They're going back, you know, a decade or so, like uh, the Goldbergs and uh, different things like that. But uh, he just has a fantastic art style, and this is about four or five girls who have a paper route, and they run across some supernatural happenings and how they handle it themselves. But he was a really super nice guy and uh, um, a lot of artists, and it's a typical comic book store, uh, comic book show. You pay a um, small fee, 30 bucks or whatever, get a three-day pass, and then you go in, and if you're... Um, after the big name guys, you pay some more to get their autographs and photos or commission work. Or luckily, like Cliff Chang, he signed all my stuff for free. And um, the guy who draws Punisher uh, signed John's work. Um, Adler was charging 10. Neil Adams was there, the guy who draws Batman. And um, outside of that, it is nothing but boxes and boxes of comic books. Okay. So I pay $30 to stand in front of boxes bent over, <laughs> my back hurting, looking through long boxes, um, paper cuts, um, everything else, looking for that treasured comic book. Um, that's what I enjoy. Oh, and something they did... Um, that was really fun at this one. Ubisoft had a demo of their upcoming game, um, Destiny, I think it's called. Tom Clancy's The Destiny. Hmm. No? The Division. Oh, I was going to say, I they've got to quit calling these. Yeah. yeah, all these names sound the same to me. Um, <laughs> the Division, which um, John was telling me while we're staying in line, he did some research on it. It's been delayed, apparently, a lot. Um, started off as a Kickstarter, and they burned through their money, and um, they just can't get it off the ground. But the demo was pretty good. The demo was pretty tight. Um, we were playing PvP, of course, which I hate. And there were a couple of twelve years old, twelve year olds in there. I think they just kept killing me. Um, <laughs> I hate PvP, but you can play the um, when it comes out. You can play it a lot like Borderlands or uh, Resistance, where you're four-player teams and you you go out. It's set in New York, and it's sort of a uh, it's not a zombie thing because nobody gets zombified. But there's a smallpox outbreak. Oh. And to contain That's a smallpox outbreak, they basically they shut down New York. And then it becomes sort of like Escape from New York. Yeah. So, um, but it was interesting. It's just that, you know, within 10, 10, 12 minutes, you can't get the controls down enough and stuff like that. But it looked good. Yeah. So. That's, that's one of the things I always had trouble with um, at PAX was trying to get the hang of the game and the time you had um, during a demo. Yeah, I'm not sure whether or not that's a really good selling point. Because <laughs> um, it's more frustrating than anything. But we got beta codes, so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That gives you a chance to get a little bit more exposure. I think that ended up being one of my takeaways <clears throat> the last time I was at PAX was it was better if you could, if you got an impression from a game in those 10 minutes you got to play and you got a beta code or you got a chance to go, mm -hmm. you know, look at it online when you got home. That was really 
yeah. you're going to get more out of that than you are the the demo. Yeah, it was um, overall. I think it for only being four years old. I think it was a good con. Um, they need moderators for their panels. Um, none of their panels had moderators, and that would have helped. Um, some of their rooms were a little small, but they're growing, and mm -hmm. they'll they'll figure that out. Um, there was a little confusion about how to uh, do lines, but again, you don't. Sometimes you don't know the context of that until everybody shows up. Right. Lots and lots of cosplay. Um, they highly encourage cosplay. Had cosplay contests and balls and um, oh, and they also had because the uh, convention center is attached to the Carolina Theater. They had fan favorite films. And they, um, anybody who bought passes got at least one ticket. And they were showing things like the Beastmaster and Heavy Metal and Godzilla <laughs> versus something, the Phantom, and uh, different films like that, which I think <clears throat> is a great um, variety to have at, um, at a con. Yeah, that's so, really cool. That adds a nice dimension to it because, you know. I think there's kind of there's kind of the the way kind of um, San Diego Comic Con has gone, where it's become more of a more of a, a fandom thing, where where it's about the TV shows that are coming out and the movies that are coming out, yeah. and it's about the star interactions as opposed to let's like get down to the comic books of the actual Comic Con. So I, that that's a nice way to kind of add like a fan element to a comic book. Comic -Con. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's to me too. If you if you want to spend the whole day at a con, um, that's a great way to wind down. Mm -hmm. And they're putting the movies there at the end. You can go in, grab a bag of popcorn, and sit down and rest your feet for a couple hours. Because um, especially at a con like this, it's, it had some panels, but the most of the time you're on your feet and it's exhausting. So. Yeah, I just had a flashback, Rhonda, to when we were at PAX East, and uh, we did our panel on the first day, the end of toward the end of the first day. And I remember somebody on Twitter was like, "Aren't you out celebrating?" And I sent a picture of my feet up on the bed, <laughs> and the, the room service we got because I was like, "No, I'm not actually." Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a glass of wine in my hotel room because this is perfect. <laughs> yes, it was ideal. So, so yeah, thanks for letting me. Um, Sure, mm -hmm. guys. It was uh, it was a fun little con. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. We were able to drive to it. You know, didn't have to get a hotel. Right. Yeah. That's always nice. Yep. So that's where my show and tell stuff comes from. I've got a couple pieces. Nice. I didn't show well, besides my autographs. <laughs> As she starts cutting them out off camera. Autographs. Cool. My precious. <laughs> Good cosplay too. There was a um, first day we saw someone dressed up as uh, Mrs. Incredible, and cool. she had um, fixed her sleeves so that she stretched. And um, somebody, all they had to do was grab the glove off of her hand and pull it, and you could see her arm stretched. <laughs> and you get a great special effect. Oh, that's awesome! It was really nicely done. Yeah, I saw a cosplay. Um, I can't remember where it was from, somewhere on the East Coast, of Cinderella. I don't know if you guys saw it. was a video um, where she actually turned from, like, rags Cinderella. Ooh. 
and oh, wow. she like untied a couple of things and spun around and in the spinning around she turned from rag Cinderella to like the blue ball dress from the Disney. Oh, Cinderella. okay. And then wow. like her hair, like she, I mean, just like in like Wonder Woman, right? Spinning around. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. She just untied like two things on her thing, and then the whole dress Good kind of like. Grief. It was really cool. It was really cool. Oh, it was right before awesome. Halloween, and the post was something like, "Your Halloween costume isn't good enough." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. So, where do we want to start talking about um, fall releases or new new fall offerings of geekdom? I don't know. I got. I remember writing an article a while back. Um, mm -hmm. This was in May. Of course, you know me. I'm sitting there bored during the summer because there's nothing on. Right. And as soon as their trailers came out, and some of these still aren't out yet. Um, yeah, I remember we see. talked about that in the May Hangout, I think it was, right? Uh, May, we may have. Did, has anybody watched Dr. Ken? No. I think in general everybody's saying that that's that's pretty dreadful. Um, what about the Muppets? Is anybody watching the Muppets? I've seen uh, a couple yeah, episodes. Yeah, a couple episodes. Yeah. Well, we I've like I've seen I haven't seen the last couple weeks, but I we watched the first uh, four or five uh, yeah. that were out. And and uh, it's not bad. It's uh, better than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, actually, when I was thinking about fall TV, I didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> that and Limitless, because um, we're on the same night. But yeah, The Muppets is good. I think the voice acting is really good. Mm -hmm. um, whoever's doing Fozzie is spot on, so I don't think it's yeah. Frank Oz. But, um, you know, it's kind of a behind-the-scenes of a talk show that's hosted by Mrs. Piggy and, uh, you know, Kermit's in charge and, you know, in typical Kermit trying to please everybody... Uh, shy fashion. It uh, it's a good show. I would. It got picked up for another season, which I was happy about. Oh yay! Um, but yeah. the the characters yeah. have have been done really well. Uh, they didn't do them harm. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's always the the fear the when risk, you have those yeah. type of shows is that they're gonna destroy your fond childhood your characters. Of these characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're flushing but, some of them out a little bit more. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Seeing it behind the scenes, so you're like finding out who the Muppets are besides their, you know, on-screen persona, which doesn't change. Their on-screen personas are still, I think, the same as they've always been, you know, since back in the '70s and '80s. Um, but uh, you, you, they, they have real-world problems and drama going on behind the scenes that you know you didn't really get to see it's it's all a reality TV you know but it's the Muppets and I think they were doing really good by uh, pulling in a lot of um, name talent as well um, for the for the shows and yeah I think that's one of the things I've watched the first two episodes of it and I really enjoyed it as well um, I have an, a listener actually someone who's watching Amy say hi Amy hi Amy, hi, Amy. <laughs> So Amy is telling me that she has been watching The Muppets and that she thinks it's entertaining. Um, and I agree. I think that's one of the things about it. I think it's interesting to see kind of the show, you know, from the the uh, from the from wings, such as it were. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it would be as interesting if they didn't have the star support that they have for it. Right. Um, with the, the oh. cameos and the people coming on the shows. I think that that's, because that's making the story arc is all these famous people, so. Well, yeah. and that's their well. shtick. 
Yeah, it has always yeah, been most of them are. It seems yeah. like most of them have wronged Miss Piggy in some way uh, <laughs> through the beginning of the series. Well, that's like, what people do, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, did you guys hear after the um, the first episode, the premiere episode, that there were some um, moms that were protesting it? Oh, really? No, I didn't hear that. They said it was too adult. It wasn't for kids. Well, it's not for kids. <laughs> No, it wasn't intended for kids, I don't think, yeah. right? No. I don't think so. No. So. I think you could almost make the point that it was only kind of for kids back when it first came around. I wholly agree mm -hmm. with that. I don't I don't think it was ever really. I mean, it was one of those shows that kids could enjoy. I loved it as a kid, but mm -hmm. So did I. I mean, you didn't get the jokes, right? No, not a lot of them. Were, yeah, a lot of the jokes. I remember watching it, you know, I got the DVDs you know, 10 years ago or whatever, because I remember loving it so much, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't remember so much sexual innuendo, and it's like, oh, that's because yeah. you didn't know what any of it meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very smart writing, and that's what I was, um, I was looking forward to, mm -hmm. is and not necessarily giant belly laughs, but all of those kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that stuff. So. Well, and I think that's the genius of the way that they're redoing it. Because had they gone with trying to do the Muppet Show again, that's, that's what kills it. When you're trying to replicate the spark that started the Muppets and made it great, you're never going to get what that was. Yeah. You know, so this just takes a completely different direction. I don't think it's completely different. I think it's the yeah. kind of the same formula, but I think they've updated it to to fit in today's society. Modern aesthetic, yeah. yeah. I think that works. I think it mm -hmm. really works well. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it almost seems like the Muppets meet the Office in a way. Um, mm -hmm. just, yeah. yeah, just That's kind of the. I mean, some of it is uh, pretty dry humor. Um, yeah. Pretty adult and dry, and you know, it. it I think it, what makes it even funnier is that it's coming from the Muppets, and like you have the. Like Mark was saying, or maybe it was Regina that said it, um, that you know, there's some of the characters that you saw periodically in the movies, but you know, they're actually have more of a role and more of a personality. I mean, the stuff that they interact with with the band is pretty right. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the band and the eagle. <laughs> yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah the who, eagle. Who's y'all's favorite characters? Um, I don't remember their names ever, but um, the the two old guys that are always mocking Walter, them. Walter, Walter, and Lloyd? Uh, yeah. And... <laughs> Ryan's looking at him over there. He can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> They've always been my uh, favorite. Two dudes so. here. Oh, yeah, those guys. And, and, yes. and uh, yeah, I've already shown these on Show and Tell, but, yeah, I can't remember. I You know, and that's probably the the voices that I le like least on the show is those two. I, mm -hmm. I just don't seem to match... Um, as well as the movie ones did, or the original show voices. Yeah. All right, you, Mark. Oh, oh, Mark, you're the one that said the two old guys. Yeah, yeah. What Ryan, about what about you? Uh, for favorite characters on the show? Yeah. Um, I've always been a big fan of uh, Fozzie Bear, um, but I would say probably the duo-wise, I would say Gonzo and uh, Rizzo the Rat are just an awesome... <laughs> Combination. I love them in A Muppet Christmas Carol. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, they're they're a good team. Yeah, Gonzo was always my favorite, and and Gonzo and the Rat remain my favorite in this one too. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're putting it the, um, awesome. I think the prawn is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, the eagle. I'm really enjoying them exploring the eagle a little bit more. Yeah, but I, it was priceless. Did you guys see um, the the Swedish chef rapping? Oh yeah, no. But I was just gonna say that he's kind of been stealing the show too. Yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah. did originally as well, so. <laughs> yeah, but he's got some great little like. <laughs> yeah, he's got some great little kind of one-liners, um, mm -hmm. like when Piggy's getting her hot stone massage, and he kind of wanders by and says something about it smelling like bacon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Those, those, that's the the brilliant writing. That is just it, you don't expect it. it's just walking by, and mm -hmm. it's just like that's that's the good stuff. Yeah. Well, what about um, what about some of the dramas on ABC? Is anybody watching Oil or Quantico? No. Good. No, I was interested in Quantico, but then I read not great stuff about it, so I went oh, never mind. I wasn't interested in Quantico at all, but then my mom told me about it, and I thought it sounded so implausible and retarded that I wanted nothing to do with it. It was just like, oh, my God, that couldn't ever possibly happen. <laughs> yeah, oil is like a Dynasty um, South Fork reboot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dynasty Dallas, I guess it is, and Quantico. I don't, I don't care for. I mean, dramas are difficult anyway, but especially political type dramas. Yeah, Mark and Ryan political dramas, don't you? Who was it that? I mean, watch House I, I of like Cards. Political dramas. Yeah, yeah. Like I was a big fan of The West Wing. I love House of Cards. Yeah. Um, those are good shows. Yeah, but no Quantico. I mean, what makes them good is the writing. It's not. Yes. Necessarily, necessarily that it's political, it's just, you know, it's really smart writing and, you know, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I kind of stand by the idea you can get into, I can at least get into anything, any, any themed show as long as there's a character that I attach to. And I don't even have to attach to all the characters if I just like one or a couple, or even if I don't like them and I don't like them in a, you know, intriguing way, I'll keep up with the story, so... Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have got any more ABC shows. I was going to um, slip by CBS, and if we run across anything that I've forgotten, we can pick it up. Someone mentioned oh. Limitless. Yeah, that was me. And Are you watching that? I am, yeah. It's, uh, well, I was a, a huge fan. Well, I still am a huge fan of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's probably one of Bradley Cooper's lesser-known movies, but um, it's just a really cool kind of concept, you know, pill, you know, gives you full capacity of your brain. Um, and the show, you know, so it was very much like the movie, same kind of kind of storyline uh, set up to how this person came in contact with the pill itself. Um, <clears throat> but the, it's actually pretty good. It's not as good as the movie, mind you, but, you know, it's, yeah. we're talking yeah, about two different yeah. things here. Um but I like the main character. Um, the female lead in that is, uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she played Dexter's sister in the, the Dexter series. Yeah. Uh, so it was really Carpenter. nice to see her get a different role. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, and I think she's doing a really good job with it. Um, but yeah, the show overall uh, is really good. Bradley Cooper makes uh, appearances here and there. Like his story arc from the movie uh, or comes in play to the show, which I think is kind of cool. So it's almost a continuation of the movie in a way. 
Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to binge watch that one because I haven't I haven't been able to keeping up. But the I'm like you, Ryan. The lead character seems very um, spot on. He's very likable, and he makes me want to watch it. Yeah, he he does a good job. Um, and he, you know he's silly. Uh, he doesn't take himself too seriously, which is awesome. Um, and that really makes him likable. So. Were you gonna oh. say something, Regina? Uh, no. I haven't, I haven't watched Limitless. I don't I think I have a movie either, so I'm like, hmm. I was surprised uh, at how much I liked the movie. Oh, I was not expecting to care for that much, and I, I enjoyed it. Now, is anybody yeah, watching Code well Black? I'm sorry. No. no. I mean, it looked interesting. I remember seeing the promos and thinking, you know, it looks like a good, you know, emergency room show, but I don't know. After watching ER for so long back in the day, I just... I couldn't do it. What was the other one? Saint Elsewhere. Yeah. It's like, I remember was Saint Elsewhere. Wasn't Saint Elsewhere? Wasn't that a? Was that a soap opera or was that a? No, that was a show. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a, a hospital yeah. show. It was a show. That's a hospital show. Wasn't there a hospital uh, soap opera too? Yeah, General, General hospital. hospital. General Hospital. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> Regina, you haven't seen any of it, have you? Mm-mm. Don't you probably don't want to. Mm-mm. I tell you what I like about Code Black is that they are really, really, really making the uh, special effects realistic. So lots of blood spurting and looking into abdominal cavities and good stuff like that. Yeah, they did a they did a scene last night. I just happened to catch it. I'm I'm wanting to stream it, but I was flipping the channels around, and a, I had the volume down, but they had a woman in who. I, it looked like she had been beaten on the side of her head, and her eyeball was gouging out. Oh. And, I really definitely don't want to watch this. <laughs> and the doctor was sitting there talking to her, and what they ended up doing is having to stick a needle in oh. <laughs> <laughs> to release the pressure. And I'm just like, this is so fantastic. <laughs> So going, I need to do a callback to our last hangout based on the gore thing. So you, you basically, Rhonda, talked to my wife and I into watching Dead Snow. And, um, yeah, it's good gory fun, but I didn't really enjoy the movie that much because I didn't like a single character in it. <laughs> I mean, it's I don't a, think that movie is meant to be liked in that way. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're rooting for the zombies to kill them. It's like, please... Please get rid of these dirt bags already. Yeah, yeah, but that, you got I mean, There's some very interesting uh, kills in there. Yeah, they're all right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, kills, I was watching uh, trailers, and uh, I finally watched the trailer for Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. <laughs> and there is an excellent scene in that trailer from the zombie's perspective of it's getting of it getting its head cut off. I'm just oh. thinking, it's like, boom, and I see this person leaning over the camera, and all of a sudden you see him, like, pull out the knife and, like, start sawing on the neck and stuff, and all of a sudden, like, the the shot comes loose, and then you see the head, you know, from the perspective, <laughs> fall and roll. I was just like, oh, my gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> kind of, that at all. It's kind of like the, the shot that Rhonda was talking about last hangout, where you get to yeah. see the, the girl getting eaten from her perspective. I did like oh, the fact yeah. that she pulled the pin on the grenade. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. 
<laughs> yeah, I think the um, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies movie will be a lot better than the book. I couldn't really read the book. It yeah. actually seemed interesting. I didn't read the book, but um, I I couldn't tell. There was somebody at the end that looked an awful lot like uh, Kira Knightley. Uh, maybe makes a cameo in that. I'm not oh, sure, funny. but yeah. That's funny. Okay, the big the big one on CBS is Supergirl. <laughs> is anybody watching it? My my wife's been watching it and she likes it, and I've caught about probably half of uh, two different episodes, and uh, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, the there are two main reasons why. The first is is I've never, as we were discussing beforehand, Rhonda, I've never liked the supers. There's nothing impressive about you know a basically a deity. <laughs> yeah. Whose whose only weakness is pieces of his home planet, which I've never understood. You'd think his home planet would be good for him in some way, but whatever. Um, but the, the other thing that really bothers me about the show, from what I've seen, is the fact that it is exactly Superman's story, just with a a woman a different character. And I don't know if that's the way it was in the comic. That's why I was asking okay. you about it before, Rhonda. Um, even if it was the way that the comic went, I mean, it just boggles my mind that somebody didn't say, this is really dumb to do the exact same thing yeah. with a, a, a female character overlaid over the top of it. You know, They could have done something else with her that would have been much, much cooler, I think. And you know, just doing exactly Superman's story with a woman is kind of, I don't know, boring. We already well, know they exist in the same universe. In the yes, comics. yes, they do, and and in the shows too. Superman showed up on the latest episode of Super Supergirl this week. Well, I thought there was something I had read that said he wasn't going to be showing up on the he show. Did. He showed oh. up and saved her. You don't really see him. Yeah, you don't gonna, see. Yeah, she's, gonna, she's yeah. passing. She's passing out as as he flies in and saves her or whatever. Yeah, because there's some licensing thing that they can't put him on right. the, the Supergirl show. So. Right. Well, in the first episode, they never said Superman. Mm. Ever. They always say Man of Steel. That's what uh, I was going to say. Yeah. And it's just a little conspicuous. I mean, the whole time you're going, come on. Yeah. We I don't know. know. I, don't, I don't know. It's just... I don't really have a good reason for not liking it, other than the fact that I've never liked the Superman story in the mm -hmm. first place. So, having... Supergirl and having her basically have the exact same story with literally the same characters almost. It's kind of, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else watched it? No, it's, I wanted to go watch it, but um, it's CBS, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they don't stupid, stupid CBS. Yeah, so I, it, it's always a hassle for me. I have to yeah. commit to watching CBS shows um, and... I've committed to watching The Big Bang Theory, mm -hmm. and I watched I watched The Good Wife on CBS actually. So, um, you know, in terms of drama, I'm talking about drama, yeah, drama show. But um, because I have to go on, I have to get on my computer, and I have to either plug it into my TV or I have to sit with it on my lap to watch. Mm -hmm. I haven't been I haven't been desirous enough of watching it to do that. So. Especially since it hasn't been getting... It's been getting kind of mixed, I guess, reviews from what, what I've seen. What has? Supergirl. Oh. 
Supergirl's come in kind of hit or miss from what I've seen in the uh, um, uh, people talking about it online. Yeah, it's it's a little better than um, not much, but a little better than what I would have expected, like the CW to do. Right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, um, it's Callista Flockhart, right? That's playing the media mogul. Yeah. The boss or whatever. She's way, it's way. She's way too melodramatic. She's just way too over the top. She it, always has been. I mean, that's the only character she has. That's the only character she can have. So. <laughs> it is. It's true. I mean, everything that she's in, she's like this. Like, let's be big and obnoxiously. Yeah. Stupidly females or stupidly feminine. Like, I don't know. She just. She always grates me the wrong way. So maybe. Well, that's isn't, isn't Ellen McBeal? Wasn't she like quiet and shy and unsure of herself? That's what I thought. She was, but she was still overly dramatically female, as Regina is stating. Mm-hmm. It just okay. wasn't. She wasn't blowing up about it. She was, you know, going into the bathroom and having a panic attack and seeing, you know, dancing babies, dancing babies, dancing babies. Yeah, yeah. I just keep expecting her to like turn into a cyborg or something and be a <laughs> villain because she's just so, so rotten and melodramatic. Anyway. Amy is commenting. One of our watchers, Amy, is commenting to us that um, she really thought she we'd appreciate the, folk, the the female focus on Supergirl, and that they had a whole thing in the first episode of being called a girl instead of a woman. Which, you guys, remember any of that? Yeah. I yeah. remember seeing the scene for a second. I don't know. The show just does nothing for me at all. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, Flockhart, her line basically is the same one that I gave you whenever you asked me whether or not, you know, should we call it Game on Girl? Right. And it was like, I'm a girl, and I want to own it, because right. I never have owned it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was going to be a big problem for CBS, putting the show on, calling it Supergirl, um, because it has had some, the word has had some bad press, and I think they handled that well. Um, and overall, I think that um, for what the show is, they are handling things well. Um, it looks good. It's pretty. Their effects are do- done well. Um, I just I don't care anything about the story. I don't care anything about the, the plot. Um, I, I like the idea that um, a lot of her close friends... And relatives know she is super. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I hate the silly little dance that sitcoms do from episode to episode about trying to keep it a secret. Right. Um, in reality, to me, if those are are your closest friends, um, it makes more of a community. It makes more of a team. Right. And I like that cooperative idea. That doesn't mean that she still doesn't have individual problems and individual agency in the situation, but I think it's more identifiable for the, the viewers. But So what do you think of The Big Bang so far, Regina? Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I think that there's a part of me that's a little heartsick having um, Amy and Sheldon not together. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I just watched the uh, latest two episodes um, last night. Yeah, I think I'm one behind right now. I haven't seen this week's episode, but yeah. 
um, it, it makes me a little it makes me a little sad. I'm a little wistful for it. Um, but I'm glad to see Amy's character developing so much in this, and Sheldon as well. I mean, in a, in a kind of a different way. Um, I think it's pretty much the only way they could make their characters grow. Mm -hmm. um, and to keep the writing fresh and as my friend Jen pointed out to me since we have Leonard and Penny married now mm -hmm. um, and less conflict between them because pretty much all of last season the conflict, the emotional conflict was between when were they going to get married and how are they going to kind of get into this space to be able to do that so I, I commend the writing choices but I like like I said I feel a little heartsick over over no shamey yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to figure out where they're going to go with it. I think that they only, yeah. the only option they have is to bring them back together again because if they kind of go off in their own directions and each pick up another, um, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, mm -hmm. then I think I think the cast is at the, at the tipping point. The max, yeah. yeah. I don't I think we think can have can. more characters. Yeah. And I just don't think those two each have them having another significant other in their life and still having to run in the same circles is, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it's going to work. So, I don't know. And I, I, I'm like you, I'm heartbroken, you know, about mm -hmm. them. Especially, I, you didn't see um, the latest episode, but there are, there's a point where Sheldon actually has kind of a, I wouldn't say a breakdown, but an outburst about it, because somebody's asking him, you know, if he's okay, and he literally, like, jumps down everybody's throat about why, you know, everybody won't leave him alone stop asking him about you know, whether or not he's okay and it's heartbreaking to mm -hmm. watch it which I was rather surprised by because it's like you know it's Sheldon. <laughs> Sheldon right well and I think that's one of the smart things about this because I think a lot of viewers lack empathy for Sheldon like I think we can kind of we connect on some way like we all feel like the oddball out and we all feel like we have this kind of insurmountable part of our personality so he represents that and I can kind of stand there and see him as that but not a lot of people like relate to him and kind of connect and have an empathetic connection to him and I think that this is going to bring that about yeah well I think they started that in last season's arc um, I think it was last season it may have even been the season before where um, he and Amy did that uh, personality test to, where they're supposed to fall in love by, you know, doing these things and asking each other these questions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And you find out that Sheldon is kind of lost and hurt by the fact that he doesn't he doesn't get all these things that other people get, which right. makes me wonder if he's autistic or um, has Asperger's or something like that. That's yeah. what um, one of our, our returning guests, Sandy Glan, says that, that he has. Um, it's Asperger, she thinks, right? Yeah. Rhonda, that's what she said before. Yeah. yeah. And I think, that, I think that's, you know, a real interesting thing because they're, they're going down that road, but they're not saying it, you know. Mm -hmm. They're not, like, they're not being preachy about it. They're not throwing it out. Right. They're, they're not making it a flag. It's not, Yeah. this is our... Autistic character. Yeah, and right. you, you get to you get to find out how that feels for him from his mm -hmm. perspective without it being, you know, a big right. social flag like you're saying. So, yeah, I I think it's going really well, and like you said, it's hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> it is. So, you get and, attached to characters, and you get attached to couples, and it's yeah. interesting. 
And it's funny that you mentioned that because my wife gets so angry at Sheldon sometimes. You know, like, God, why do they put up with him? But at other times, she's like, you know, yeah. when we were watching the latest one, she's like, oh, and tearing up. So it's like, I think they're yep. they're going to take people on that journey and yeah, definitely get to understand more about Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. Have you been watching it, Rhonda? Um, yeah, I, I um, just recently caught up with it. I haven't been watching it on a regular basis, so mm -hmm. I, I watched a couple, and then just this week I caught up and watched the rest of them. Um, I probably I probably want more growth out of Sheldon than can happen. Um, I think that the whole season is going to be geared toward. Um, this this wonderful balance of the writers making us want them to get back together, mm -hmm. um, and um, I like seeing Sheldon in pain um, because <laughs> I think a lot of people might like that too. He yeah. well because he avoids it. His yes, whole life is is around yep. routine and comfort, mm -hmm. um, so much so that he has only one cushion that he'll sit on, and. Um, being able to balance the idea that, you know, okay, there are some people that way. Is it possible for Sheldon to now look outside of himself a little bit? And I guess I'm wanting to see that a little bit more than probably is um, makes sense. Um, he's never going to be that way. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, no, but but, but it is have good a, to, see them, to see him push that way, though. Yes. That's yeah. what that's what I like. I like yeah. seeing seeing him be pushed. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite enjoyable because that means um, he either will close down, they're gonna he's gonna have to press forward in some way and have right. some sort of breakthrough, and that that's the enjoyable part. Yeah, and I agree. I think that that's I I think that leads into what I was saying about the empathy for him. It's, it's hard to feel empathy for him as a character because he has sheltered himself so much from pain and discomfort and challenging experiences. Like he's, you know, managed to make his life so, you know, sheltered. I'm thinking of the episode where he needed to get a haircut and his <laughs> barber was sick his, in the hospital. And, and, his, and his barber records. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. His haircut records that his mom had sent from Texas to this barber, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you, Rhonda, um, without giving anything away so it doesn't ruin it for Regina, um, what did you think of the, the last, you know, bit of uh, the last episode? Were you caught by that? Because I was. I was totally... <laughs> I don't know why. After all this time, you'd think that Sheldon... You know, I, I thought that... I don't know why I thought that Sheldon would behave any way than, other than what he did when that girl came to his door. <laughs> yeah, that really... I, I, to me, part of it was, was just... It was like just a gag for the laugh. Uh, it was, but it's also Sheldon. It's, it totally fits in with his personality, which was... She was late. <laughs> I know, and I just that's that's part of what I wish I could see change, I guess. And I think, I think we will to a degree. I just don't think it'll ever completely go away. And I don't think that it ever completely goes away for people who really do have um, you know, Asperger's or Exactly. Autism, mm -hmm. so. 
So, I, I, and and that that struggle for me as a viewer, I think, is important. Mm -hmm. um, that I can, that I want him to act differently. Yeah. And I, I think that's important, but at at times that he stays consistent the way that he did. Mm -hmm. um, because I, because part of me was going, now why did they do that? They, the creators, they, the, the writers, writers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's because that's what Sheldon would do. Yeah, and, and that's and that totally got me. I was like, I was like, going, oh, maybe it's a new chapter for Sheldon, and of course it's not a new chapter for Sheldon, because Sheldon wouldn't do that. No, <laughs> no, there are no new chapters for Sheldon. And it was flabbergasting. I mean, it was it, they really they really set us up, and that was one great big giant carrot, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yep. <laughs> yep. I and then agree. and then was going. I don't know why I expected any other outcome than what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Yep. Are there any oh. other CBS shows? Well, I'm sure there are none that we care about, though. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, does anybody watch anything on the CW? Uh, I only oh, watch. Oh, iZombie. I already talked about iZombie, so. What do you but watch, Mark? I, I watch Arrow, but I haven't watched any of this season's episodes yet. I just actually finished binge-watching last season this weekend. So, like Ryan, wake up. <laughs> uh, I'm awake, but I don't watch The Big Bang Theory, so I'm just... I'm Facebooking it now, guys. Sorry. So, what do you watch, Ryan? Uh, TV-wise? Other yeah. than the ones we've already talked about? Uh, yeah. Football, you know, it's fall. Football's on. Uh, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Just saying. <laughs> um, just Down with the Panthers. Panthers are undefeated. I don't care. <laughs> undefeated. Oh, dear. What is be, the sports thing that you speak of? Be a good sport, yeah. Ryan. You can you can be happy for Regina's team. I'm sorry. When, uh, when Cam Newton anything. does this, I just want to punch him in the face. And I would be happy if you did that. I'd pay money to see that. It's so. It's like that when Colin Kaepernick like kisses his bicep. It's just like, come on, you guys are not that cool. I mean, you're a good quarterback, yes, but you're not Superman. And, so. and what about when Aaron Rodgers does his little belt buckle thing? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, that's double the thing. It's just like, can't you just be happy you scored a touchdown? Why? Why do you have to? Uh, you know look dumb at the same time. I, I thought so. I, I thought the posturing was part of football. Well, there's a line. Okay. There's no, a line. And winning, the only reason your team winning is a uh, part of football, you know, and that's yeah. where they should leave it. And I mean I'm I'm not saying it it's them, you know, they, they make money and, you know, they're good sports people. Like <laughs> I mean I it's prefer... their right to do it. It's you know, it's fine. It's just I think it's silly. And I, I prefer them to be better sportsmen. Mm -hmm. I, I think that they're they're way overpaid and they're too big of a celebrities and stuff. The only reason that I'm enjoying this with Carolina is because my favorite teams have been so crappy for so long. That's I've had true. no one to I show my face in public about, you know? <laughs> yeah. I have to admit I didn't know there was a Panthers, so yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I'm not a sportser, so 
Yeah, well, so I'm in enjoying it. Fairness, we played them, and they came back and won. You know, I have to hand it to them. Either we we played really crappy, or uh, you know, they just they outplayed us at the end, and yeah, we're having real trouble finishing. Not that that's what the show's about, so I better stop talking about football. <laughs> we can just okay. keep going forever and ever. <laughs> but, you know, hats off to Cam Newton for what he's doing. Just stop doing the the Superman thing. It's just it's not working. Oh, did you see what <laughs> you didn't see the Tennessee game today? Then probably. He he. No, that, I was playing Fallout um, Four instead. He he scored a touchdown, and he was. I think he should have been called for excessive celebration, but he eventually ticked off a Titan, and the Titan got up in his face, and then Newton does that big smile thing he does, and then yeah. prances over and gets the football and gives it away, and he loves it. He loves it. He does. Yeah, but. That's not what it should be about. I mean, it's cool. No. Be happy. High five. Do your jump in the air and you know, fist bump. Whatever it is. But I mean, you don't have to sit there and be awesome because look what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Like he was yep. kissing his bicep, you know, last two seasons. Now look at him. He's not even the main quarterback anymore. Yep. So, don't make yourself look so cool because one day you are not going to be that person. It is a you long know, way down. It is a long way down. Yeah. Really is. That's kind of a good lesson you can apply anywhere, though. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. You get too self-congratulatory. That's you know, and I think that happens with any kind of media as well. You know, which which Ryan here, I'm gonna throw it at, I'm gonna throw it back at you again. I want to hear about Fallout Four. So that's what Ryan wants to talk about today. <laughs> oh, have you played? He's been playing. Uh, yeah, nonstop all weekend. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And the Tuesday before that, and after I get home from work, and cool. Uh, yeah. My wife forgot what I looked like. You know that that sort of game. She's a Fallout widow. Yeah, she's a Fallout Four widow. <laughs> uh, so, I you know I've never played. I'm not a Fallout person. Like I I can't you know sit here and say oh yeah I've played every Fallout from one to one to four. Nope. This is my first Fallout. Didn't know anything about the game series. Um, actually, our, our friend David was the one that was just like, oh, you should check it out. You know, it's a, it's a good series. So I was like, all right, I haven't bought a new game in a long time. I'll give it a go. You know, I like I like story games. I like the fact that it's single player. I don't have to worry about any multiplayer interaction. I can just sit and lose myself in the game. Mm -hmm. And I have fallen down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> but I think part of it is, you know, I, not having played Fallout games before, there was a huge learning curve for me um, to how the system worked. I think the controls are more set up for... Um, consoles. Like consoles, you know, with the you know the, the dual thumb thing and just having all the, the shortcut buttons there at your disposal. And it's a little bit cumbersome on the keyboard and mouse, but I am old school and I can't play a first-person shooter any other way. Um, going all the way back to the Medal of Honor days with Mark... Um, but as far as the game goes with this one, and I don't know if they had it in the previous ones, but they have this really cool, um, like crafting system in there, which almost reminds me of a little bit, you know, kind of, I guess, Minecraft where, you know, you can build up your base and you can, you know, you are in charge of improving your weapons. You're in charge of improving your armor. So it's not like, um... You know, stuff does drop from the world. You know, there's some some cool drops from the world and things like that. But you can totally have command of your weaponry and your armor and how good it is. And I love that aspect. You break down things, you build up your base, you build up your um, 
your crafting system, and there is just a slew of different uh, perks that you can go through in the game. And on top of that, you know, there's a really cool story that, you know, goes along with it. And mind you, I've played 20, 20 hours or so so far, and I think I've only done two quests into the main storyline. The rest of them have just been side quests. So it's really deep and involved, and um, our friend Trevor is also playing it, and we've been on Mumble Talking uh, as we play. And what's great is he's played, you know, probably the same amount of hours, maybe he's played a little bit more, but, you know, just back and forth as we're playing, you know, he's in a completely different area of this world. Same map, same storyline and everything, but, you know, the game is that deep that he's been playing for the same amount of time, and most of the time we haven't come across the same areas before. So he just kind of chose a different path of where he was going. Um, but, you know, the game does have some downfalls. It's got some bugs and some glitches that are really annoying, um, you know, to the point of where sometimes you just kind of have to back out, you know, go back to the main menu and then come back in. Oh, goodness. Um, like, thing that I've run into is, like, your Pip-Boy, which is, like, your whole interaction with the your okay. inventory and your health mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, like, sometimes, like, you'll see the screen go fuzzy, but there's no Pip-Boy there to interact with, so... You know, if you're in the middle of a fight, it's really aggravating when you can't get to your health. I mean, there are shortcut keys and stuff that you can you can program with the number of keys on the keyboard. But um, you know, that aside, they'll they'll fix that eventually, hopefully. And you know, as I understand it, Bethesda is famous for these sort of glitches. Hmm. Um, and I didn't play. Uh, what was it, Mark? Uh, Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. I, I own Skyrim, but I didn't get very far into it before I just let it go because it wasn't for me. Yeah, that's um, why I was surprised that you were ready to go all in on Fallout 4 when you weren't really into Skyrim. <laughs> Not that they're the same exact game or anything, but it's kind of the same feel, you know, that big open-world sandboxy feel. Right, and I don't know, maybe it's just the, the post-apocalyptic storyline like yeah. appealed to me more. Um you know, more of those games. Than the fantasy did? Yeah. So that's what Skyrim is fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah Skyrim's like yeah. fantasy. Yeah, Skyrim's fantasy. But, you know, it's kind of cool because being a teacher and I teach high school students and, you know, they were just as excited about the game coming out. So, you know, I got some, some good geek cred. You know, <laughs> I just come in the next day and I'm, like, talking to my students about what they were playing and how they were playing and they would give me pointers and I would talk to them about how far I got and stuff like that. And, you know, so... It, it's been a fun experience. It's worth worth the money I paid for. I hope they fix the glitches. Um, I'm really enjoying. Like yesterday, I spent like two three hours just building up my base, and uh-huh. you know, putting up guard posts and like people come into your town, uh, and you can assign them positions and you can put armor on them. You can give them different weapons and, um, you know, it's just it's a fun game. Cool. That's cool. good to hear. John played Fallout, the last Fallout, I think. Fallout. And he really New enjoyed Vegas. it. Three or New Vegas, yeah. Three. I think New Vegas came out Fallout after three. three. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. Um, now that we've um, had a break, is it a good time to do show and tell? Sure. Sure. What have you got, Regina? Um, I have. Uh, this is actually a gift when I when I bought my house. A friend of mine gave me this, and I think Mark and Ryan have both seen it, but I don't think I've ever shared it on the show. Um, this is part of my reorganization. I've been going through some of my geeky stuff to get it all kind of in my office. 
So you can see this is a box, a hinge box, and it says home protection plan. That's been this has been hand um, soldered on there. Anybody want to guess what's in this box? See how big about how big it is. You can see it's got a hinge here. I hope it's a Beretta. You hope it's a Beretta. <laughs> well, being at your house, I have never seen it before. So really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. It was a gift at my uh, my housewarming party, so I thought for sure you would have seen it. Is it, ready? Yes, go. Oh, nice. Oh, oh nice. sweet. It's a Star Trek phaser from, I think you said the era, it's my friend Mike, um, said the era was uh, Star Trek II. So it's a Star Trek II phaser. Awesome. Um, and I think... Phaser. You can actually That's fire it. it. So. And it oh. says, um, underwritten by United Federation, and then it's got the... Oh, cool. notation for that, and then he signed it on the back. So it's kind of like a little piece of um, artwork. Cool. Yeah, that's neat. Geeky artwork that he made for us when we moved into this house. So I'm always ready to defend my house with a Star Trek II phaser. <laughs> with an imaginary space weapon. With an imaginary space weapon. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Something broadcast live on the internet. <laughs> I will defend my house with a toy. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Be warned. Yeah, be warned. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Have you got anything for us today? Yeah, I have a the new uh, Lego uh, Darth Vader 12-inch figure. Oh my god! While you guys are seeing him, because I've got a black room behind me, maybe that helps a little bit. That does help, yeah. Oh, nice. So they have a whole line of these guys. There's Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, General Grievous, um, uh, Jango Fett, um, one of the main clone troopers from the Clone Wars series. Um, but they're, they're all around, you know, 11, 12 inches tall, um, so about the size of, you know, the old school G.I. Joes and such. Um and they're basically like uh, Lego um, technique parts, so they're a little more advanced than your regular Legos, but, I mean, not so much so that somebody who's 12 or older couldn't handle it. So. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I really got nothing. I mean, I got an iPhone 6S, but, you know, me and, you know, millions of other people in the world. <laughs> So, no, I haven't really bought any geek things. Uh, a couple things I've wanted to get, but, uh, you well, know, as Christmas life goes. Uh, yeah, it is. Christmas <laughs> is but I won't get any of those things for Christmas either because I have expensive taste when it comes to my geekdom stuff. So, so what are they? Um, what are the couple things you're interested in? Well, I would love to check out the new Apple TV. I'm an Apple guy. Um, haven't gotten there yet. We have an older one. So I'm interested in the new interface, and I've heard from other people that it's uh, much faster to interact with and things load up faster, which is really nice. Nothing's worse than watching stuff on the Internet, you know, when you have to wait for it to, to buffer forever. Wheel. Yeah, Yeah, the spinning wheel and the buffer, and, you know, sometimes it just has nothing to do with your Internet connection. It's just, you know, the interface talking to the, the Internet. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, 
there's a really cool um, new camera made from uh, DJI, which is uh, one of the top drone makers. But they made a... It's basically like a steady cam on a stick where it's like a three-way gimbal on top of a, a handheld uh, um, stick. And, like, you can run with it, and your camera stays perfectly stable, which, yeah, again, wow. is probably only interesting to me. No, that's, uh, that sounds cool. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Cool. Well, what do you ha- what do you have, Rhonda? You have some good stuff from your con, I can tell. You um, had that glow. You had that glow. New comment ring. Yeah. Um, the... The big find, I'll show that I always love digging out the silly stuff. Any of these these boxes have got just really ancient stuff in it. These guys that have been selling comic books for decades. I love running across the bizarre titles. And this may not be a bizarre title, but I had to buy Wonder Man. <laughs> I don't know anything about him, but he wow. happened to be the number one issue, so I had to have Wonder Man. But um, I was excited to find uh, issue one of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, cool. But the uh, big one was uh, number one, Ms. Marvel. Oh, nice. See her nice cutout in her belly? Yeah, I did notice that mm-hmm. immediately, yeah. but I would. Um, and how old are those, Rhonda? Um, I believe this is 1976, oh, 77. Nice. So they are vintage comics, they're not... You know, reissues or anything like that? No, no. Um, nice. And in about about issue seven, um, this goes away. It gets filled in, hmm. which I think is very interesting. Yeah. And um, she goes more to a one-piece suit. But um, I think there was, a, it was an image in here or in one of the other ones on the um, the cover. It's back when they used to draw the, uh, the nice torpedo boobs. Yeah. You know? And it, they almost look like extra appendages, uh, <laughs> the, the way that they're they're the nice they're and shaped, big and right? pointy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those were I was I was pretty excited about. And the the cutout actually segues me into um, I don't know what what network uh, Minority Report is on. Is that NBC? Don't know. I don't know. Let me see over here. I've got it on my list somewhere. Did anybody watch it? No, it's Fox. No, no. I watched. We watched the first episode, and I have never seen such a patchwork of things going on. The um, did anybody watch the movie, Tom Cruise movie? No. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw it when it came out. It's, it's older, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a um, Steven Spielberg movie. It's it's worth watching. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's got good special effects. I think it's got. He always has a good, st- decent story, um, but it's in the future, and they are able to um, um, through a system that nobody knows about um, entirely. They are able to predict crimes before they happen, so they arrest people before they actually commit the crime, and this has allowed them to eliminate murder and, and different things like this. Um, come to find out, it they. Um, they are getting this information from people who have special abilities to see into the future. Um, so the TV show picks this up where they were doing that, and um, um, there ki- are three kids that are connected that are able to tell this information. But they just dis- they discontinued the service, and these kids are sort of like on the lam and in hiding. Uh, the main cop in this one is a female. 
that I think is kind of the Tom Cruise role. The thing that is glaring about it, that the, the, the male kid, um, it's not telekinesis, but um, the one who can see into the future, seems like a, a real person. And the cop seems like a cartoon character. She's, <laughs> she's um, very melodramatic, very gruff and, and hardcore. And her outfit is the same way. And the thing that you notice about her is she's wearing the, the skinny pants and the tight t-shirt and the tight leather jacket. But the way that she's wearing it, go look at some, some of the shots. The t-shirt of course cuts low so you can see her cleavage and she wears her leather jacket zipped to a certain point and fastened here so it looks like because it's so tight that she's wearing a superhero outfit with a cut out on her cleavage <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you guys have got to be kidding me this is so glaringly obvious and there's another show on with a, a female cop and maybe Rosewood it looks like she's wearing the same exact outfit, but she has the jacket unzipped, and so it looks naturally worn. The top is low, but right. the jacket is hanging on a person like a jacket would be. This looks like a superhero outfit. She's got this yeah. diamond cut out across her chest. So, yep, that show was I was done with that <laughs> after the cutout. I just thought that's got to be the most ignorant costume choice I've ever seen. Um, they had a couple of um, comedies, um, The Grinder and Grandfathered. Anybody watching comedies there? Mm -mm. I haven't picked up any well, comedies. No, I, I had heard that The Grinder was good. I have not watched it. Um, you know, it's just don't have time. But uh, I, I like I like that Fred Savage is back on TV. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, it's really funny. I think that it's, it's smart funny. Um, I think that Rob Lowe is, it's hilarious how they make, uh, he's sort of the butt of all the jokes. Um, it, it, it's, it's just played well, I think, for um, a nice, fun, short comedy. Um, John doesn't like Grandfathered. I think it's because some of the actors that are on it. Um, it's it takes the same vein, though, where um, John Stamos is, you know, Mr. Hotshot, and he gets in a lot of embarrassing situations. It's it's not as good as The Grinder, but anybody watch Scream Queens? No, I no. have no interest in that show at all. After after seeing like the bare minimum of like one episode, kind of. I know we turned it off in yeah, the middle yeah. of the first episode. We looked at each other and we're like, "You have got to be kidding me!" Yeah. yeah, that's what I heard too. A friend of mine actually posted on Facebook about it, and I was like. I didn't. I hadn't heard anything about it as a show, and then she made a post, and I was like, okay, well, that's something I don't need to see. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think marketing. Time on that. I think marketing got hold of it because the day after the premiere episode, they were all going, "Everybody's in love with Scream Queens." Yeah. And we're like, no. No, they're not. No, they're, not. <laughs> no, they're really not. Rhonda, Amy has told me that she's going to go back and watch um, the first episodes of Minority Report. She hasn't kept up on it, but she has to go see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the costume now. Yep. Going, going back to Rob Lowe and comedy, there, there is a new comedy that I have 
been watching off and on, and that's uh, Moonbeam City on Comedy Central. It's a uh, um, animated show uh, done by the um, or put out by the the company that did Metalocalypse, and it's it's fabulous because it's done in the style of it's kind of a hard boiled version of like a Miami Vice type show or something like that. It it takes place kind of in that world, and all the characters are drawn in the style of of uh, the Nagel posters from back in those days, and everything's very neon colored. <laughs> so it's it's a good throwback to the eighties and yeah, ridiculous and Rob Lowe's in that one as well. He, he mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Banks and Will Forte. So that, that one's that one's fun. I wouldn't say it's great, but it definitely has some moments. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. It, now, you guys are probably aware of this. I just saw it first episode streaming this weekend. Have you guys ever seen Axe Cop? No. No. Mm-mm. Uh, where, was I, where was I watching that on? Where's Axe? What, what's, where's Axe Cop? Hulu? I think it's on Hulu um, is where I was streaming it, but... It is animated, and the uh, the person who is writing it is a five year old. <laughs> and the the guy who's um, producing the show, it's his little brother, and he's writing these shows about Axe Cop. It's hilarious. You guys have got to see it. Yeah. Well, it's, because knowing that it's written by a five year old, you're just like, that's the most awesome thing in the world. <laughs> like for real, it's written by a five year old. It's not like yes. Some... You, and you'll be able to tell. Watching. Okay. You'll be able to tell. There's lots of poop. <laughs> and things come out of holes and yeah. Delightful. Yes, That's it funny. is. Awesome. Um. Okay, I'm gonna move on to NBC unless you guys want to, um, because the the big show that was supposed to be this fall was Blind Spot. Right. Um. Is anybody watching it? No. Nope. No. I was. We're a sad group. Are we watching TV at all? Is that the deal? I I actually don't watch a lot of TV. I'm really really picky about TV. I really think that most of it's shit. So I tend to stick to things that really grab me and I hang on to them. And and what are those? Um, probably my top shows right now are um, Walking Dead, of course, Big Bang Theory. Um, I'm waiting for the new season of Archer to start, um, and uh, I really like Arrow right now. Though I am pretty sure that eventually I'm going to get bored of Arrow and stop watching it. But for now, I'm enjoying it a lot. So, what about Ooh. you, Ryan? I mean, uh, I don't know. With me, it's just a time thing. I mean, it has to be something um, worth watching in order to, you know, pull that time away. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you can watch a lot of TV, you can play a lot of games, you could spend a lot of time with people, but, I mean, really it's getting to the point where you can't do all those things because people don't watch and play these things together anymore like they used to. It's not like right. you know, back when you had six channels and it's like, ooh, let's watch, you know, let's watch this show. That's one show that's on tonight. That's one watch. show that's on tonight. Yeah. But, you know, there's, you know, there's too many choices uh, right now when it comes to television and... I mean, you just look at the delivery content of shows anymore, and it's it'll be nice when it gets 
solidified, I guess, when it's either all online or, you know, because I would love to ditch my cable television and, you know, probably will after football. It's just not worth, I mean, it's not worth the price, but, I mean, we're just used to, like, instant gratification when it comes to TV. Nobody wants to sit through and wait until, you know. Next week. Yeah. Well, it's not even the next week thing. I wouldn't mind watching, you know, a weekly episodic if it's on the internet where I can, you know, just pull it up whenever I want to on that day. It's like I really love the way that uh, they do it with, um, like, Netflix shows um, where, you know, there's just, boom, there's the season. And yep. you can watch it. You can get to it when you want. Leisure. You can bend watch that season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to pay the price because you'll have to wait even longer if you don't spread it out. But, um it, yeah, it's just it's it's rough being a fan of a show these days. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they if you can't get uh, get it when you want it and how you want it, because we we consume content so differently these days. Yeah, TV is dramatically changing. There's a revolution that's headed. You know, things are changing. It has to change because it has to keep up with streaming. Well, it's taking a changing things. Yeah, well, it is, you know, because they want to hold on because there's a lot at stake in terms of ad revenue. Right. Well, I mean, here's, here's an interesting thing, and we'll, I'll kind of bring this up. It's completely not on our subject matter, but um, what do you guys think of uh, the YouTube Red? Mm, I haven't heard how... That's a subscription service, right? Yeah, right. it's basically a commercial-free subscription yeah. service to YouTube. Plus, you know, eventually down the road they'll have original content or exclusive web content, content that can only yeah. be accessed through here's, you know, that. Here's my thing, where I think it's going to end up. I don't know if it is going to end up this way. But what I understand is is that basically everybody's got to be online if they want to be on YouTube um, to work with the YouTube Red, right? Elsewise, the people who pay for YouTube Red are actually going to end up getting less and paying for it. So they're making everybody be on board or not on board. You know, and if you're not on board, then you don't really get to be on YouTube anymore. So there's that. I don't know that I like that. But the thing is, is that the whole idea behind YouTube Red is you don't have to see the commercials anymore. You don't have to see the advertising. And the only way that they can guarantee that they're going to make their money off of YouTube Red is to make sure that people like me, who like to occasionally watch YouTube, not very often, but occasionally I'll, I'll look something up on YouTube. I have Adblocker on my browser because I hate advertising. I think advertising is the devil's ass incarnate, and I want nothing to do with it. And... Um, I think that what YouTube is going to end up having to do is is to basically make it so that somebody like me can't watch YouTube if we have our app blocker on. And I'm like, yeah. fine, doesn't bother I me. Might know. What happens? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's going I to. I disagree with you. I think you cannot, you can't sustain, you know, a free service like YouTube without some sort of revenue coming in. And unless somebody just wants to give them money, you know. Mm-hmm. That it's going to have to go one way or another. I mean, YouTube started out, just like most things do, as a small thing, and as it grew and got bigger and bigger, you have to eventually monetize it because it, it does cost money to run and operate these companies that you know provide this service. And so, I agree I mean, with you. Yes, I see your point you know, about the advertising, but it, it is a necessary it's evil. Stable. Otherwise, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I think I would be okay with... Um, 
being able to pay a small amount to watch things. Um, but going back to what I was going to say was, is I kind of went through this with Hulu Plus recently. I don't know if I just wasn't understanding it or something like that. But I finally decided to sign up for Hulu Plus because the whole idea was is that there was no advertising. Well, no oh, sooner did we get on Hulu Plus, there's advertising. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they were. That's what they were saying to me in the emails to get me to sign up. You know, no advertising. That's one of the perks. I'm like, all right, I'll try it out because there was a couple of shows that I was going to be interested. Was this recently? It's been in the last six months, and I went oh, okay. okay. And we signed up for it. And no sooner we sign up for it, then there's advertising. We're like, why are we seeing advertising in our shows if we're paying for Hulu Plus? That's the next and then, tier up. And, yeah. and, then, and then come to find out that, oh, well, we decided to put advertising into Hulu Plus. I'm like, well, then why am I paying for it? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's going to happen with YouTube, too. I think they'll have YouTube Red, and you'll pay for YouTube Red not to see advertisements. But eventually... They'll let that go by the wayside, as all great big corporations do, and you'll start seeing advertisements on YouTube Red. Well, then why am I paying for it? Well, by that point, they got everybody suckered in and paying for it. So where are they going to go? Yeah, I haven't. I've had Hulu Plus since pretty close to its inception, and I've all, almost always had ads on it. Really? Um, yeah. yeah it was, Hulu Plus has always had ads. They've always just had recently ads, yeah. come out with the ad-free. That's probably what you saw. Was you saw? No, 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 no. No, but they I, have uh, never been completely ad-free. They that is what they said when I first started looking at Hulu, the free service. You know, I was getting the commercials and I was like, I'm not seeing the kind, all the stuff I want to see. So maybe I'll do Hulu Plus. And one of um, my friends out here said, Well, yeah, Hulu Plus is great because you don't have to put up with the ads. And I was like, Okay, really? And then I got an ad, uh, an email from Hulu after I stopped watching you know regular Hulu saying, you know, Hulu Plus, one of the perks is no advertisement. And so I was like, okay, that's interesting. I guess I'll try it then. And then there's advertising. And then as soon as we said, screw this, we're not going to pay for something where we have to watch a bunch of ads. And then they, like, literally within two months brought out, again, no advertising on Hulu Plus. I'm like, well, there, there is a subscription now that is no advertising. I don't have it. I still have the regular Hulu. But oh, I had yeah, an email. Just, yeah. I got an email that said they were changing the name, that they were taking away the name Hulu Plus mm -hmm. about two months, two, two or three months ago, that that was no longer going to be what the service was called, that it was just Hulu. And I knew at that point, I'm like, I bet there's some other kind of subscription service coming up here with this. And then all of a sudden I start seeing ads for the, you know, commercial free. Um, I'm of the mind with, you know, YouTube Red and with Hulu Plus, like, I like Hulu Plus because it's fewer commercials. I don't have cable, so I have don't I wouldn't have access to a lot of the shows that I watch on Hulu Plus any other way. And it's usually only, you know, two or three commercials. And I am noticing recently that it's upped and uh, when I watch online you have a, a second counter that tells you, you know, how many seconds of commercials you have and I, it's I swear it's gone from like 30 to 45 seconds to 90 now. So I'm kind of like well, yeah, they want to drive you to that, that next yeah. tier. Yeah, I know. It's, it's no know. different than the cable thing that everybody hates. It's right. just, it's just <clears> really, until television becomes completely a la carte, you yeah. know. But Which is heading well, to as well. That's what, you know, HBO Now right. or whatever is, you know, symptomatic of. Well, that's of. the premium channels, yeah. But really with the people that own the cable companies, um, the... Yeah. The ability to get all those people to agree with the yeah. Apples and Amazons and Googles, um, I don't see it happening anytime yeah. in the near future. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you would yeah. have to own There's them all. Too much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man. There's too it's much. It's against the law for somebody to own them all. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I don't know. I think you could do. I think they could do TV a la carte. You know, not saying that you only get to choose these two or three stations, but the thing that's been killing me for a long time is you know how most cable companies have their you know you know, gold and silver packages or whatever you want to call them, and they're tiered and they have these different things and stuff like that. You can still have packages like that, but let the people choose what channels they want. They still have to choose 30 channels or whatever it is, but let them choose their 30 channels. Don't make me have to watch eight channels of sports and four fundamentalist Christian crap when I will never put myself on those channels in the first place. It's lost revenue to them anyway. I'm not going to watch advertising on those channels, right? So it makes more sense for them if they want me to see more advertising to basically allow me to choose all the channels that I want to watch, and then they're more likely to get me to see those commercials that they want me to see. So. And the show got angry quick. <laughs> <laughs> it just got divisive. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all my fault. Actually, I'm yeah, no, I'm the one that brought up YouTube Red. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but but you you were you were, you don't get angry about things like I do. So. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm actually gonna head us toward uh, to wrapping up here because um, I think that there are um, natives who are restless in my household. Big TV shows we missed. Not that I can think of. I mean, I think we talked about everything I've seen people talking about, at least, even if yeah. we're not watching them. At least we've touched on them. So, The Walking Dead is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just got to... I'm a season nine, so I'm still catching up, but one of the main characters just died. Actually, two of the main characters just died. Uh, so. On season five? Yeah. Which ones? And don't uh, worry about spoiling it, because you know what? At this point, people... We're into, the we're into six. the next season. I don't feel better when we're into the next season. Um, well, <laughs> Beth died. I knew Beth died. Um, that had been spoiled to me. Mm-hmm. Um, on a parenting thread on Facebook, which I thought was the jerkiest thing ever. It's like, oh, Beth dies on Walking Dead. I'm like, what, really? Like, Out of nowhere. <laughs> not in a conversation. Like, had it been on a thread for t- even TV, I would have been fine. But it was like a parenting thread. And I'm like, come on, that was just being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew that one was coming, but I didn't know that Tyrese died in the episode after that one. So... Yeah. Which you didn't really know what? Tyrese. Tyrese died. So Beth uh, dies, and then Tyrese dies the episode after. So they shot it, so everybody looks like they're mourning. So every, you think everybody's mourning Beth, and then that whole episode is his, like, drawn out. He gets yeah. bit twice, and, oh, it's just... Yep. Can, I, can I ask you something about... Uh, since you're in the middle of season five, do you feel like they're just killing people sometimes now because they don't know what else to do? Um, I don't feel like they're. Times. Yeah, I don't feel like but, they're doing it this season so far. But I feel like last season specifically, when they were killing people off, they, it felt to me like they were killing them off in ways that. Yeah, well, I think seems... because I knew I knew that Beth died. So when I knew that Beth died, I started letting myself read about her dying because I knew because it was already spoiled. So I was like, whatever. So I read a couple of articles that were talking about how pointless her death was. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to watch the season and know that it was coming and watch watch them very purposely build your empathy up toward her character mm-hmm. and to know that she was going to die. And and I will give a shout-out to my father-in-law, who um, I told him as we were watching <laughs> that I knew that her death was coming. And so to be... To, because he wanted me to be surprised by her death. So he's like, oh, well, it's in the season finale. 
Mm. And it's like four episodes before the season, or no, yeah. just like it's the, it's the mid-season um, right. finale, yeah. so it would have been like Christmas. So I was like, I was ready for it to be the end of the show, and I'm like, okay, so it's not going to be this whacked-out hospital where these you know police have taken over and have this weird commune building thing going on. I'm like, oh, it's not going to be here; it'll be at the finale. Um, there, she's going to get out of this, and so I was surprised when she died, which was his point in telling me it was at the end of the season that it died. So thanks, Greg. <laughs> Love you for that one, really. Um, <laughs> so um, I was I was watching the season with it in mind that she died, and it, you could very clearly see that they were crafting her character to die. Like like you could see that the writing was heading in that direction, knowing that that was the outcome. So yes, I do think that they were doing that to to a degree. Um, I think I took, of course, because I didn't know Tyrese died. I took I took his death harder, um, and also thought it was way more. It was it was almost beautiful the way they crafted his death. Yeah, I thought it was a really great episode as far as the way it was shot. And yeah, that I, it was it, really it, inventive. It was really it, which, I, it just took you places I didn't I wasn't expecting to go with it. So I hated how he died though. I oh, I hated was, how he died too. I thought it was dumb. I, yeah. I mean, at this point, I, I, I know that Tyrese wasn't happy being in in that universe. But my thought was, is if you've made it this far. You're a survivor. You yeah. don't let your guard down. You don't do stupid things. And he walks into a room and lets his guard down and does stupid things. I'm like, right, yeah. You know, I understand that this show is about losing, you know, people and how that changes everybody's yeah. interpersonal relationships and all that kind of stuff. But it sometimes feels like it's a crutch for them. And so some of the some of the death scenes just and I think that's why they have to keep bringing new characters in because they can kill them off. And so it's always a joke for me. is like, who's wearing red underwear, right? Because the red shirts were always the ones that die in Star mm -hmm. Trek. So who's wearing red underwear this season? I wish um, you were caught up because we really need to talk about, like, uh, the last two episodes. You like that red underwear? <laughs> we're talking about the zombie apocalypse and you're the red underwear. Can be socks. <laughs> Had to be the underwear. Well, yeah. Well, everybody wears underwear. <laughs> Maybe not in a zombie apocalypse. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that tonight when I watch the episode. Thank you, Regina. You're who's welcome. wearing the red underwear tonight? Who's wearing red underwear? Or, or more importantly, who's freeballing in the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to say putting on my underwear today. I want to survive. There's your title. Freeballing it in the zombie apocalypse. I think that's what I'll call this episode. <laughs> nice. I think we touched on everything. We, we did I think we did too. I think we've done a really good job. All right. Well, Are you thanks, watch, guys. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just one more quick question. Yeah. Um, Are you going to watch Into the Badlands tonight, Mark? Oh yes. I forgot that was on tonight, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, I was way more excited than I thought you were going to be. Oh no, I'm looking forward to it. I love, I love action martial I mean, arts movie, movies. So that the show looks yeah. like it's going to be great. Yeah. Are you okay, gonna watch so it, Rhonda? Back, Regina. Well, I haven't heard of this. Where, what, where is it at? It's called Into the, the Bad Badlands. It's after Walking Dead tonight. Oh, okay. It's basically a a post-apocalyptic um, uh, show. Martial arts that, yeah. that revolves around martial arts. Nobody has guns anymore for some reason. I'm sure they'll tell us why. But you know, people with oh. swords and hatchets and lots of gore and stuff like that. It looks like so. I yeah, right I'll check it out. Cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Right on. Well, thanks for hanging out today, guys. Mm, awesome. Thank you.
this is a fun discussion. Uh, for our listeners and our viewers, please check us out on GameOnGirl.com. You can always catch our updates on our Twitter at Game underscore on underscore girl. Uh, you can chat with me at DocLiz. Um, I've been posting a lot of pictures to Instagram lately, uh, mostly of the fall colors in my, my hometown, uh, my town here. So you can check those out. And you can catch all of us, I think, on Twitter these days. Yeah, yeah so. I don't post anything. <laughs> I, I post I post maybe once to four times a week myself. Oh, that's so. pretty good. That's read, fun, hey? uh, I'm not a poster. I'm a reader. <laughs> well, I think uh, Twitter is good for that too. So yeah. yeah. So thanks for right. hanging out with us. Yeah. And, thanks, uh, Amy. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks, Amy, <laughs> for our one viewer right now. Thank thanks, you, Amy. Amy. <laughs> thanks, Amy. <laughs> We do it for Everybody you. Have a good week. Have a good Bye. week. Game on. Next time. Game on. Game on. Game on, everybody. Game on. <laughs>